from the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted. You're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm Zephan Moses Blacksburg. Matt Thomas, along with his business partner Ryan, formed Sunstone Recordings to aid in collaborating with other composers and producers of music in order to focus their craft towards achieving high-end licensing placements in television, film, and video games. They've composed and produced so much content that they want to form an artist collective that gives other composers an outlet to grow with them. They create a path for the collaborator to have a self-sustaining career in music, and today they're hanging out with us. What's going on, guys? Hey. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Thanks for joining me from, we were joking about this before we recorded, from like 10, 15 minutes away. It's kind of funny to have <laughs> yeah. a Skype call and have you guys Very, like very local. Literally living down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But That's great. Always good to have local Baltimore talent here. You know, I love so much about this city and so it's awesome to feature uh, entrepreneurs and people that are making it happen. So thanks for being here today and really just wanted to give some background on uh, what you guys do. So maybe expand a little bit just for the people tuning in um, who don't know much about the music scene or the music industry uh, and just to explain a little bit about what you guys do. So essentially what we do is Sunstone Recordings. Uh, we are a platform for up-and-coming artists who haven't broken into the music industry yet. Uh, they may be playing in bands, uh, writing in their bedrooms, you know, just exploring that passion and uh, as you probably know, it's anything creative, any creative passion uh, in the arts is a struggle to monetize, to, to, to sustain, to actually thrive and, and make a career out of. Um, and so we, what we do is we offer artists the exposure uh, through high-end placements in TV and film uh, for uh, licensing. That's awesome. So basically, you're giving the little guys the opportunity to meet with the big guys in a, in, in a long, drawn-out sort of form, but like you're connecting them with the big players. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It gives them a, a voice on a much larger stage than they would typically have just playing locally. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like if a lot of other industries had the opportunity to do that for people, uh, it would be very valuable. Um, and so I guess to get into both of your guys' backgrounds, uh, Matt and Ryan, like where does music come in for you? Like just going back in, in your history, it sounds like at one point in time, you guys were probably at that point where you just loved music so much and wanted to do something great with it. Like how did you guys get started? And, you know, where bring me up to, uh, you know, we came up with this idea we're going to start this business. Yeah, so essentially uh I I grew up playing music all of that. It was always a passion for me. I I played through middle school in the school band and and all of that and I joined a band uh with some friends in high school and started playing guitar and singing and all of that and it was a lot of fun. It was a whole lot of fun. So really where this all came from is passion and and having fun with it. You know, it's it's always been a a a really exciting process for me writing music so did that for a while and um, I met Matt through uh, basically through my mom and, and she had worked at Towson at the time Towson University and Matt was at American University uh, as a sound engineer and he needed a band for a final project and she said alright well my son's in a band so let me hook you guys up and uh, that was when I was 16, 
Yep. So, yeah. Was, <laughs> wow. That was a little Reaching while ago. back. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, 15 years. Man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, that's how Matt and I met. Um, he recorded us. Uh, he then went on to record our next you know, full-length album, uh, recorded our demos, uh, you know, years later, and then eventually joined us uh, playing bass for us. Um, so yeah, we we played shows. We did uh, the whole national touring thing. We signed to a label, all of that, and eventually it sort of just fell apart. You know, the band members we grew apart. Our tastes changed. We had struggles with the label, um, creative differences, things like that, and so we decided to start up another band. So we did that for a little while, and. Uh, we noticed that the scene was really dying. The local scene was dying big time. Some of the big popular uh, popular spots to play were shutting down. The, the audience turnout was really low. And it seemed like the energy was kind of just gone. And we thought, okay, so this is really difficult. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's going to be hard to sustain doing this. And, you know, hustling T-shirts, CDs, stickers, pins, all of the band merchandise, it, it doesn't go very far. You know, so um, eventually we got connected uh, through some mutual friends to to uh, music supervisors and uh, people who worked for uh, BMG in L.A. for licensing and publishing music. And we got a couple of jobs and and it took off from there. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I think that I've seen uh that sort of shift with the music industry too. You know, for a while I worked at the Apple store and like 50% of the people that work there are all in bands. Yeah. Um, It's a wasteland there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One of the guys that worked there, you know, he was living in the same house as the guys who are in all time low, as you know, they're from Maryland as well. And, um, you know, there's a lot of really cool, you know, rockers and rock stars that work there. And it really seems like all of them got hit pretty hard by this. And so it, like I'm sure people are tuning in right now and, and some of them are interested in music or learning a new instrument or, you know, really want to pursue a career in music that they never did uh, because, you know, mom and dad said, oh, you need to become a doctor or a lawyer. Um, and so, you know, the music scene is definitely changing. How do we uh, keep the dream alive in a sense? I mean, it, it's it's a lot harder to make money in music, you know, unless you get picked up for some crazy new song like, you know, uh, who was it, Psy, who came out with, like, Gangnam Style, and it just blew up <laughs> on YouTube for no good reason. Yep, so it's right. like, how do we not get discouraged from following our dreams as musicians if, you know, it, it really requires getting lucky on YouTube now? Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's been uh, a lot of why we're doing Sunstone is, you know, it's through the uh, sync placement because that's an area of growth in the industry where other parts are actually shrinking in terms of revenue. So that uh, actually is always growing um, and, you know, because people need content for, you know, the YouTube shows to uh, cable and network television to, you know, just so so much content being created these days where you always need music and really high quality premium sound uh, for all of that. So <clears throat> it's actually great that we can provide that source of revenue for these artists as they keep growing and getting bigger um, over time. You know, it's a lot 
trickier when you're you know playing local shows and there's only like eight people that turned out to hear a new song that's not really that great type of exposure for that particular new song but if you get placed on a network television show and there's 15 million people that tuned in that's rather awesome you know that's that's tough to compete with yeah in terms of uh, visibility yeah yeah i know that uh someone that i used to work with he i, I think he you know, just made a bunch of like dubstep mashups and mixups and things, but he started to put them online. And at one point he actually got picked up by one of the major studios and they gave him like, I think like $3,000 to put his song in, in that movie Elysium that was with um, Matt Mm -hmm. Damon, I think. Oh, okay. And, but like, I mean, that was a super lucky, but B $3,000 isn't going to go very far. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a great payoff for a, for a track and right exactly like that yeah but just over time it's like you have to continue to keep doing that keep feeding that material uh you know keep funding you know your own releases of of you know singles or eps or full lengths mm-hmm. you know and then just trying to keep, get more of that material placed uh in various shows or movies or trailers or what have you and then just you know just every little bit you know it's pennies from heaven you know it, it all just like adds up over time you know until it's like actually sustainable as a career mm-hmm. yeah and i mean that's that's got to be tough for people because obviously we're playing a long game here so oh, yeah. yes it's all you... a long game yeah <laughs> gotta eat dirt for a while but <laughs> it, it it does work yeah and i mean that's really kind of the theme of of entrepreneurship just in general uh, and in working for yourself and working the way you want to right like doesn't it mean you know some people might have to eat ramen noodles right for a while and then eventually you move your way up to the filet mignon i think that that's certainly how it was for me i mean i i was not uh completely dirt poor but i can certainly say i was uh planning my trips to the supermarket uh much more uh when i first got started than i am right now absolutely yeah and it's a it's a war of attrition really um all all industries but just entrepreneurship in general you know and and that's great because it forces you to have just go with the best ideas the most simple ideas that you have and just straight to the point and just stick with those um, so it's, it's actually a, a benefit really, I think. Yeah. And so how have you guys, I don't know if, you know, you've had to, you've probably talked with a lot of people that have come through the studio who are, you know, maybe six months in a year and two years in however long, maybe 10 years in, and you kind of have to be like the person to encourage them, right? Because some people get to a point where they're like, man, like maybe I should just give up because this isn't working. I mean, how do you guys, uh, you know, keep encouraging other people to stay with it, especially because it's a long game? And then how do you guys yourselves, um, you know, encourage yourselves to to stay with it? Because, you know, at the end of the day, you guys are also business owners. Right, yeah. I think the, so for ourselves, I think the beautiful part is that, our success is is in our hands. It's in our own hands, you know? And this is the long game. And we know that if we stick to it and we're committed to it, that five, ten years down the line, we're going to be in great shape. Um, and we've seen it work over the past five years. We've been in this for five years now. And we've seen it grow every year. And it's it's promising. It's very hopeful. And it can be, uh, it can be, it can be really challenging to keep uh, an artist, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not just motivated, but yeah, to to encourage Engaged. them to 
yeah, engage them and, and, and stick with it and trust the process. Because I can speak from personal experience, you know, two or three years ago, I was talking to Matt like, man, I don't know, like, is this going to work? You know, like, can we make this work? Uh, and I, you know, I had second thoughts about it. And, and as you know, Matt said, just like, stick it in. Come on, let's do this. Let's, let's do it. And it's, it's worked out great. So we've, we've, we haven't encountered a few artists who are really excited about it. They're, they're into it. They want to, they want to do this. And then maybe they're expecting like a, a huge immediate payoff, you know, something like that. And, and it's, you know, you have to be realistic about it. You have to understand that this is a, you know, it's a career path. And like all things, it's going to take time to grow to a point where it will be completely self-sustaining. And the beauty of it too is that it will reach a certain point where uh, we'll essentially be making more passive income than active income. And that's the goal, you know, is to be able to, you know, lay off the, the you know, we'll put in the hard work now so that we don't have to work as hard in five and 10 years. So if we keep our eyes on those, on that goal, essentially, um, we'll get it, we'll stick to it. And so I think if, if artists can, can get there as well, if they can keep that focus, then I think there, uh, there are a lot of artists who have a really good shot at making incredibly sustainable careers with their music. Yeah. And I think that one thing that you guys kind of mentioned before was that, uh, you very intelligently pivoted in the industry, right? Like at one point in time, you realized that there was a much more profitable route to take to get to where you want to be. Um, so I want to jump to that in a second but first I wanted to dive just a little bit deeper into that conversation of you know I don't know if we should keep doing this because I know that I've certainly gotten there uh, I've had plenty of days in the you know I've been self-employed for three three and a half years now um, mm -hmm. and I've definitely had days where I'm sitting there I'm just like you know what I could close my laptop right now and just walk out and be done with this for good and you know there are certainly days where it's like I would never give this up. Like, this is awesome. This is my life. And so how do you bring yourself out of that conversation of, you know, I don't know if we should keep doing this. Like, it, obviously you've stuck with it, but how do you get yourself out of that kind of stuck place? Because I know a lot of people are, are stuck in this place where they're like, I don't know if I should keep doing this. And then they kind of stay there. So nothing really happens either way. Like they don't really make a decision to move forward or to give up on something. Mm -hmm. Like how does that talk get, you know, how do you progress out of the negative side of that talk? I'm usually just focusing on the, not only the positives, but your strengths uh, and understand, you know, which your areas of improvement um, you know, and, and maybe why you're feeling that way. But typically, like I always look at it, um, the reason I've been able to maintain uh, my unflinching attitude in this being able to work is just the, the long goal, just understanding, you know, what my, my points are, visualizing, you know, three, five, and seven years from now, and, uh, you know, how to work towards those. Um, it was always like something like, <clears throat> I remember, um, Growing up, like uh, I had done martial arts for pretty much most of my life, and uh, one thing was like if you're going to try to, you know, break a board or attain something, you know, that seemed like it was insurmountable, it was always like you know if like the board's in front of you, you know, you punch 
beyond the board. Like the board's just in the way, but your punch should go all the way straight through, like to some point beyond that. It's not really what's in front of you that's the problem. It's being able to go well past that naturally. And it, it's like, it's just a sort of a mindset, you know, just not to be caught up in the, the here and now being the issue, but how do you formulate the here and now to have a stronger future? Yeah, I think that you've got a great analogy there with the board. Uh, I think oftentimes we kind of set this bar and it's just like, okay, I'll be happy when I get to this place. Mm -hmm. And then you get there and then it's like, all right, now, now what? Now what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not happy. Uh, that was cool for like a second and the, now it's gone. The now what is the toughest part. That's that's what sucks the wind out of the sails. Yeah, yeah totally. So I, I guess... Um, you know, at one point you guys got stuck, you pivoted, you realized there was this great opportunity in the industry to change, you know, your direction. Um, you know, how do you guys recognize that now what moment of instead of just getting back into this cycle of like setting a small goal, like, like where did you guys start to dream bigger and how did you know that that was the best route for you guys to take? Hmm. Well, yeah, it was like a sort of a change in people's tastes, like where, uh, you know, people would want to, you know, music listeners would want to stream uh, music and consume, uh, you know, maybe say passively, like they would discover, a, you know, a song on a television show by like shazamming it um, versus like, you know, people used to like line up outside the record store you know, like a, a hundred deep on a Tuesday, you know, to, to actively purchase the, the records, just kind of seeing people's tastes change. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was, it was one of those things where we were just thinking like, well, you know, what would say if like this all just completely went away, like people just did not want to buy records or people just want to, you know, uh, download them free or whatever, you know, what other you know, avenues of growth would there be? Like, what do we have access to today because of technology and the way that the industry is set up? You know, and people like us uh, now can actually get the licensing much easier. So we saw that as an area of growth, um, you know, at that moment, just seeing like, okay, so like <clears throat> these songs are placed in these like, you know, movie trailers and everyone's going bonkers over that like movie trailer and then they go download the actual you know album or the song or whatever that was like featured you know and you're just seeing that that was like an actual area of growth whereas other parts seem to be shutting down so it's like instead of just plugging away constantly you know by trying to like hustle our cds to like eight people at shows it's like no let's try to like focus on an area of growth right here and now so and that's what that's one uh at least uh catalyst in in terms of us um, pivoting at that particular moment. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you guys really asked yourselves a great question there, and this is something that uh, really anyone tuning in should ask, is you kind of were like, well, what will we do if this disappears tomorrow? Absolutely. Like, do you right. guys think that that would, I mean, I would probably go as far to say is that that's the most important question you can ask yourself with any business if you get to a point where uh, you've been in it already for a little bit and you're kind of wondering what's next as well. If this literally disappeared from the face of the earth tomorrow, like what would I do? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that way you're, you're, you know, all of your eggs as a, 
as a company, you know, are in one basket, you can diversify properly, of course. Um, but it also like then opens up other paths um, that you may not have thought, you know, if you were just, you know, plugging away, just like your, your regular, uh, you know, path that you had, you know, your direction that you were going before, you know, it, it can always open up other avenues that you just, you know, didn't expect if you ask yourself, you know, this is my strong point, but, you know, say this is gone tomorrow, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah, totally. And I think that there was, I think we did an episode recently with a guy named Steven Spencer, and he talked about this pretty cool exercise that he was doing to uh, use the opposite side of your brain to figure out what like the other side of your brain would say. So like I'm right handed, which as you guys know, is controlled by the left brain. And if I were to go and write with a pencil in my left hand, it would start trying to force my right brain to make decisions. And I almost wonder, you know, if there's like some secret unconscious thing where it's like we already know what we should do next. We just can't quite get it into words or on the paper. Um, But I mean, have you guys ever felt like, you know, in your path, you kind of knew where to go next? It's like your body was telling you you already know what to do, but you couldn't quite figure it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I think at least like, you know, during that time when we um, were talking about like discussing licensing and stuff, I, I had even brought that up um, when, you know, we were still on the label touring. It was at that show in, uh, I think it was in Long Island, I remember. Okay. Um, just saying like, you know, the, the, the whole uh, plan, you know, sold out tours or whatever it doesn't last forever and you know what if we started trying to do other styles of music as people's you know styles change but you know other styles of music and and sort of like a framework for you know trying to get you know just other interests you know I didn't necessarily know exactly specifically it could be for licensing at that particular time but yeah just I, I just remember um, thinking that that's like what one yeah. you know good uh, example yeah and, and for me I, I remember so writing songs, writing songs in a band, the band has a very specific sound, you know, and, and it's like, okay, we can't really go beyond those boundaries too far because we have a, a sound and a fan base that likes that sound. And I remember writing songs that were, you know, out of, way out of the box and I had no outlet for them. I would just record ideas on GarageBand and they'd be wacky and strange and, and they wouldn't fit anything that I was doing in the band. And so I kind of have this, uh, uh, my voice memos are like a, a total wreck because uh, I have just tons and tons of different ideas just stockpiled that, that wouldn't fit. Um, I couldn't make them fit in the, in the band scenario. So then I have all this great material to pull from. And I, I didn't think of it at the time as like, okay, what, can, what else can I do with this? I would just think, well, I can start another band. Right. But then, okay, I got to find, you know, three other people. Yeah. And then essentially I would just build another box, another creative box. So uh, I think what we're doing now with licensing, it, it's an incredible amount of variety. You know, um, absolutely. We get to write pretty much every genre of music. So it's fresh yeah. all, all the time. And I remember at that time, too, it was like we were in a, a rock band or pop rock um band but then the first thing that we were like collaborating on is like an extra thing ended up being this like country sounding (laughs) song and then we were like no no we can't we totally can't do anything with that 
and, yeah. you know, and just bury it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's like, what a terrible way to think creative, like in terms of creativity, you know, like here's this creative idea and it worked. Okay. Now just bury it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't do anything with it, you know? Right. So it's like, now it's like, we don't, we, we never do that. Like literally all of these ideas, all these collaborations with other artists, you know, all various styles of music and we get to wear different hats every single day. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've always said that one of the curses of the entrepreneur or even just the creative is that, you know, you do come up with ideas all the time. Like I have a notebook now that I have to keep with me because I just like I literally come up with a new business idea every other hour, you know, and God forbid I have coffee that day. It's going to be like every minutes. <laughs> double time. Yeah, and possibly illegible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I was going to ask, you know, it, it sounds like you guys found a way to um you know, do so many different things that you totally love, right? Like, you know, if the country music thing pops up and you're like, this is awesome, but, you know, why why would you bury that? It sounds like you guys found a way where you can wear many different hats, but you don't have to be torn or pulled in so many different directions. You know, you kind of still have this one focus at the end of the day that the business comes down to, and it still allows you that creative freedom that you've been looking for for so long. Um, which is totally awesome. I think that that's where anyone would want to go if they have that sort of creative mindset. As we kind of round off the episode here, I wanted to ask, you know, you guys uh, being in a tour, on a tour with a band, uh, you know, there's this like work-life balance that's probably pulled a 180 for you now that you have a business and and you're not traveling around the country as much. Um, How do you guys balance out uh, both work and, you know, having a life and, and even taking care of yourself outside of work, because I know being on tour is pretty rough on the body. Uh, you're not always eating the best food. You're not always, uh, you know, working out, you know, so there's a oh, lot yeah. of goofing off. Yeah. No sleep. Yeah. Lots <laughs> yeah. of travel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a totally different world, uh, completely different world. And, um, so now I think, uh, so what I've been doing to find that balance um, of self-care and, and also dedication to the business is I've been getting up early, you know, super early in the morning, going to the gym, getting my head clear, um, getting my body kick-started. That seems to help me set the day in motion. Um, and as for like a social life, it's, you know, this is work. This is a lot of work and it's a lot of time and, and um, I try my best to fit that in. and. I'll also say that this is a, this is a big priority. Um, I know it, it takes a lot of time to. It's going to continue to take a lot of time to get it to where we want it to be, and to really have our vision come to a, a fruition. Um, yeah, I'd say yeah, that's a that's a complete 180 from the road life where it was you know driving through the night, sleeping in shifts in a van, eating McDonald's or whatever we came across. Um, yeah, no exercise. The only exercise was jumping around on stage, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, totally different. <laughs> so just closing things off, you know, music is an important part of my life. Uh, I grew up playing violin, actually. I don't know if mm. I've told anyone on the podcast this. Hey, but, nice. <laughs> uh, I grew up playing violin for many years uh, and uh, was, you know, played in an orchestra. And at one point... Uh, my dad probably thought it would be great to send me to rock band camp, buy me a drum set, put it in my mom's house, whom he had been divorced from for a while. So he probably saw it as so 
some like sadistic way to get back at her. <laughs> but uh, I switched over to drum drums. Uh, learned a lot of percussion for many years after that, and still have it every now and then. Jump on a kit and play with some people and jam out. Um, what sort of advice do you have for people who? Either A, you know, went one path, maybe the doctor-lawyer route, and kind of got away from their musical roots. Uh, Like, what advice do you have for them? And then, like, what advice do you have for someone now who maybe someone is kind of the starving artist, still, you know, kind of grinding away at it and wanting to go somewhere? I would just say just to uh, refocus on what your true passion is. Uh, instead of you know worrying about you know several different variables and what you what could have been or you know what you would rather have happen and just really focus on like just simple strengths that you have and then just be able to you know honor those and try to grow those um, so if it's yeah a, a lawyer that hates being locked up in you know <clears throat> courtrooms and or whatever or if it's patent law or whatever and then they want to switch back to playing drums, you know, and, you know, tour the world or whatever, you know, but just to start cutting away, like dedicate, you know, time each day without distractions and without worrying where it could go, just, you know, really just focus on improving that strength and that passion. And then that way that'll actually open up its own path for you that you just have to then barrel down. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say for, uh, I'd say for starving artists, for anybody out there who's, Still trying to get their uh, their feet on the ground, trying to trying to get it moving. Stick with it. Um, stick with it and recognize. Take inventory. See what is working and what isn't working, and be honest with yourself. Um, really take a good look and and if you can make it work, make it work. And also get in touch with us. We'd love to help you. Absolutely. We think there's too much talent out there that's simply wasted because. Uh, a lot of bands, and I speak from personal experience, is we didn't know how to get our foot in the door. We didn't know how to take those first steps. And um, we would love to help help creative artists out there get their foot in the door and take their first steps to a, yeah. a self-sustaining Plain career and in, in yeah. their passion. Yeah, we are the first step. So Matt and Ryan, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you if they're tuning in right now? Um, I'm sure there there might actually be some podcasters listening right now who are like, hey, these guys could probably write a new jingle or do some new music for my show. Because I know a lot of people do uh, you know, a little bit bigger production on their shows and are looking for um, audio for that. Uh, people are constantly posting in the groups that I see looking for, you know, what music am I allowed to put in the show? You know, how can I get some original music? Um, I, I bet at some point down the road that would be a great connection for you guys. Um, what's the best way for, uh, you know, either the, the artist, the podcaster, whomever, uh, to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'd love all that. Um, sunstonerecordings.com. And we have all of our uh, social media links there at the bottom. And, of course, we have a contact page uh, as well on there where you can reach out to us. Um, and the uh, and email as well at uh, info at sunstonerecordings.com. Yes, and we're also active on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash sunstonerecordings, and active on our Instagram feed as well, which is at sunstonerecordings. Um, so, yeah, shoot us a message there. Shoot us an email, uh, and we'll start a conversation and see where, where we go. 
Good stuff. Well, Matt and Ryan, thanks so much for taking some time with me today. Uh, it's awesome to have you guys. I always, you know, every episode for me kind of goes in a different direction. And I really do like that because we hear from entrepreneurs and people all over the world and sometimes down the street. Uh, and so it's great to have some guys that are here right in my backyard doing some awesome stuff. And uh, yeah, just thanks for, for being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was our pleasure. Zeph. Hey, everyone. It's Zeph. Did you like this episode? Be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show. If you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success, happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted. scripted